0: Podcast family, the episode that you are about to watch was recorded over a month ago, and it's crazy to me to see how quickly things have changed in just a short month. Everything that we thought was a priority instantly got replaced by the things that actually matter. Our families, our friends, our teams, our customers, our neighbors, and our community, and I'm inspired by that, I know that we're in a very trying time right now but I am just inspired by everybody coming together. That is exactly why this podcast was created, was to pull this community together. And if there's anything that we can do for you guys during this coronavirus crisis, um, please reach out to me directly um, or via our website or just reach out to us. Let us know how we can help you get through this time. That is why we are here. Um, You guys, Things are gonna be okay. We're going to re-strategize. We're going to shift all goals. It's amazing. All the goals that I laid out in January instantly disappeared. They went out the window. I'm creating new goals for this year just based on everything that's happened even in the last few days here. So um, I just wanted to offer you guys a word of encouragement. Just let you know that we've got this. We will adapt. We will re-strategize and we will get through this together as a community. And if there's anything that we can do here at the WHOA GNV podcast team to help you out, please reach out. We'd be happy to do so. Much love to all of you guys. See you later. This is the WHOA GNV podcast. The podcast bringing you businesses
1: and individuals that make you go, whoa.
0: You are listening to WHOA podcast. Coming to you from Gainesville florida hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the whoa gnv podcast the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa my name is colin austin and to my left is the best co-host ever Aww. michael Dees. <laughs> what is up man that's
2: so sweet thank you <laughs> not much man how
0: are you I'm really great. Hey, so what did you think about what did you think about episode one hundred doing
2: the mastermind session? I think it's wrong to have that much fun at work. <laughs> I mean it's not really work, but no, it was such a good time. I learned a lot. Um, I think that was one of the things I was most excited about because it was a topic that is just not in my wheelhouse. So I learned a lot. It was a lot of a lot of fun. Um, I hope it brought value to the listeners. I hope that they got a lot out of it. And, and, and maybe it got a little carried away towards the end. We'll find out. I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to going back and rewatching it. Um,
0: yeah, I have to apologize for
2: our <laughs> listeners because I definitely, I mean,
0: so. Andy Malden had sponsored the bar that night <laughs> <laughs> and brought some really good liquor with him and we had wine we had everything and um, you know I guess that's what happens when you record like a two hour two and a half hour podcast by
2: by hour two you're just right you're a little you're a little happy and you get people that are really comfortable with each other
0: yeah so I mean um, I was a little lit so I kind of apologize in advance but like I uh, apologize after I guess now that you guys have all listened to it but I hope you got a lot out of it out of it um, we <coughs> excuse me I'm still trying to get over this cough um, we left the set like this, but I don't really like it, so um, we're probably gonna change it back for the episodes and just go this way for the Mastermind, just so you guys know, uh, but we left it for this particular episode, so it's all good. And, um, Always welcome but you the know feedback, what? Yeah. what, I really want to know what you guys thought of it, so everybody who's listening, if you can, you know, find, you know, find us on Instagram, just at, at w-h-o-a-g-n-v, and just message us and let us know what you uh, thought of the Mastermind episode, and now that we've committed to doing <laughs> this every 10, 10 yeah. episodes. Uh, we would really love to know what topics you guys would like us to do in the mastermind sessions because we're going to bring in like six people topic focused and just dive deep into that have a really great discussion um, as long as everybody liked episode 100. Right. I mean I guess it really depends on it. like no don't do that again. That was like too we'll much. Do like a five drink only, I guess the only hard part is that there was a lot of voices. So I was wondering if people could like tell who was who you, yeah. know, you know what I mean. Probably like,
2: definitely easier to watch on video than listen to the normal you know, it's hard. It's hard to follow the voices. So if you watch a video, maybe it's a little bit easier. But
0: we'll see. I, I had fun. I think we should keep it under two hours. Maybe it split the, the goal. Maybe split the episode in half. Right. So maybe release a little bit on Monday too. I, guys, we're gonna figure it out. But I would just love your feedback and like to know what you thought of the episode. So uh, message me and let me know. Cool. So before we get into this episode, we have to thank our incredible sponsors, you guys. This podcast episode is brought to you by the one, the only, Advantage Personnel Resources, or APR as we like to call them. APR is a locally owned professional employer organization and payroll provider. They take away the headaches dealing with payroll, workers' comp, and HR. Let me repeat they take away the headaches with that deal with <laughs> payroll, workers' comp, and HR so you can focus on running and growing your business. Uh, the things that really surprised me, companies that outsource to a PEO grow 7 to 9% faster, have 10 to 14% lower turnover, and are 50% less likely to go out of business. And that's some crazy stats, Thanks, actually. Uh, and whether you only have one employee or several, they got your back. They will make sure that you are in compliance with State and federal law. They will deal with the headaches, y'all. Let me repeat the headaches. So, you guys, if you haven't taken action because we told you to in the several past episodes, now is the time. Um, Give them a call. Hit up Todd, Kevin, and the entire team at 352-495-7719 or at APRAdvantage.com. APR, I am so grateful. Michael is so grateful. We're so grateful (laughs) of your sponsorship of this podcast. So, thank you. You ready to get in this episode? I'm ready, man. <laughs> Let's go. You guys, I'm really excited about this one, and I'll explain why in just a minute. But today on the show, we have Mike Bertolfo. Is that, oh, say that? Bertufo, yeah. Bertolfo. Bertolfo? Yeah, I there told, you go. I told right. you I screwed you up. You psych man. yourself out every time. Right. I do. You, I'm I practice like three or four yeah. times too. I, I'm, I'm just gonna let Mike do the intros. Founder of Women's Lift Lab, a clinically focused health and fitness facility that specializes in primary, secondary, and tertiary tertiary. tertiary,
2: tertiary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, You should just let me
0: do that. I'm, I'm retiring, <laughs> folks. Goodbye. <laughs> um, disease prevention. From I should like actually read these and practice them like before the show just to make sure. Uh, disease prevention for women. So, dude, welcome to the show. Thank you, appreciate it. Thank you so, for having me. So, I let me explain why I'm really, really excited about this episode. So, so Mike is a previous customer of ours. Yeah, years right? back. Years. Do you even remember <laughs> when? When, uh, you when I was in grad school, yeah.
1: so like 2011, 12, something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was like so, right yeah. when we first became a Vespa dealer, yeah. right? Like, yeah, actually, after. I had to search for a Vespa dealer. You know, I was specifically looking for a Vespa. Yeah,
0: yeah. And you got this like yellow LX? Was it? A, it was a fifty LX fifty. It was fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LX fifty, scratch and dent. That's great. Yeah, I had like one. They have one little. Well, you on know, it. I
1: came in looking for a brand new one. When I saw the price. I'm like, eh. but then you can't actually, turn it down. right? Yeah. But you actually, <laughs> you're like, I think I have something for you. And I was thinking it was going to be scratched up and it had just a little little pin little ding, a little little tiny thing you couldn't even see it and i was like for the price of it, i'm taking it <laughs> so, that's right folks that's the out. kind
0: of deals you can get over here at new scooters for less <laughs> <laughs> scratching dent what dent all right exactly. barely you barely see go. it <laughs> thousands off <laughs> well so well this is what's really cool so i actually put and I, and I hope you don't mind that I did this, but I actually yep. put uh, our Instagram conversation yep. in, in here, in the in the show notes, and, and I'm gonna read this to everybody because I thought this was really, really cool. So so Mike had messaged me on Instagram and he said, hey friend, just want to say I appreciate all the work you are doing to help G, G-Ville out, um, love the podcast. Oh, and by the way, this was on July 26, 2018, so this was like two months, right? Like two, mm-hmm. yeah, like two months after we had just started the podcast. Um, you probably don't remember, but you sold me a yellow Vespa when I was in <laughs> In grad school 2011, 2012, it was a scratch and dent that literally had nothing wrong with it. I said, hell yes, I remember, now that you said something. That was, that, that was the way you first became a Vespa dealer, that's awesome, thanks for listening to the podcast, it's been fun this far. And you said, yeah, I love the Vespa, but had to let it go when I graduated and moved to Dallas. Nonetheless, your podcast has been an inspiration. I have actually contemplated moving back to Gville and starting a business. I like the direction Gville is going and how it looks to retain its graduating talent. Listening to others on the podcast has influenced my decision to come back, looking to move around summer of next year. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Thanks for telling me. Do you mind if I share this with others? You said, yeah, for sure. I had been contemplating it for a while, but was but but just was unsure if Gainesville was the right place. But after hearing some of the stories, the city appears to be business friendly and I'm looking to capitalize on the city's growth and expansion as I've seen massive changes since I left. And I told you I was like, dude, if you come back, if you start a business here, I wanna put you on the podcast and talk about it. And so you guys for me, this is the whole purpose. This is it. Right? This is the whole <laughs> like we're fulfilling the purpose of the podcast, which is to, you know, retain our talent, mm-hmm. but get people here, businesses here, and you you can't you and your wife came here yeah. and you started your business here.
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> so welcome, so cool. dude. That's yeah, awesome. No, thank you, man. appreciate it, yeah.
0: So, all right. So, like, now that we've given that background and mm. everybody knows that you came here because of our podcast, like, yeah. there one single reason <laughs> you, you came all the way back to Gainesville. I mean, tell let's tell your story, man. So, to set up your background. Like, you went to UF, right? And um, yeah. Went to grad school. Went
1: to grad school. Uh, my background is a clinical health educator. So, I work in uh, basically health prevention. Um, you know, had that little Vespa, sold it, moved to Dallas, worked there for about a year. Um, Ultimately, we actually ended up in uh, D.C. Uh, So I worked for a um, government defense contractor, and so my goal was to uh, reduce healthcare costs. Claims go into the millions. Um, So, like I said, my job was to get people off medications and to also avoid claiming anything, right? Um, And so I had to do that with basic education you know, health education, so that's what I did. So, um, we're talking about getting people off of medications, um, reversing diabetes, um, musculoskeletal issues, stuff like that. Anything that they had issues with, they could basically consult with me on-site in the building, um, and I got them healthy. So, a lot of it had to do with uh, metabolic conditions, so obesity, um, polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, and basically, like I said, getting those folks healthy and, and driving down the costs, so. And so you were in DC till till when? Uh, so the last five years, um, and then we moved back. Uh, what in April? So you moved here from yeah, DC? Yeah, straight from DC. yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. yep. Okay. So, so
0: so what was the process like getting back? To, getting back to Gainesville? I mean, when? So when was the last time you were in Gainesville?
1: Uh, so we actually we have family. So actually, right. I, I have um, my parents live in High Springs. Okay. Um, her parents live in Jacksonville, um, and so we would come, you know, during the summers and stuff like that. And that's part of. One of the reasons why you know, we decided to come back was I saw the growth here, but I wasn't so sure. I, I put that next to the podcast, things that they were saying, and I was like, okay, well, I'm still unsure. Um, and kind of what put it over the top was I have a friend that does uh, fundraising at UF, and uh, she basically said, uh, you know, Mike, uh, you know, there's, there's a little bit of money in games. I was like, no, I don't, you know, because you, know, you grew up here and stuff like that, you go to school, you don't see it. She was saying she do a lot of fundraising and she goes to people all around here and there's pockets. I mean, you know, so that wasn't my biggest concern was that there wouldn't be enough, you know, money to go around for this specific business. Um, she kind of eased the worries and, and I was like, okay, well, let's go ahead and do it. So I put all of it together. Saw so the growth, all the, the buildings going up, the housing going up towards Newberry and Archer, all that stuff. The podcast information and then her information. I was like, "Well, let's roll the dice on this, you know, and, and see what happens." And of course, it's cheaper to live here, and it's uh, cheaper to, you know, rents cheaper stuff like that for a building. So cool. So when did you guys launch? Um, so in January of this year, actually. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a process. So a lot of planning and stuff like that. We've been uh, wanting to have a, a gym for a long time, but I wasn't so sure I wanted to go in only solely with a gym. So. <clears throat> I basically paired my background, my clinical education with the gym concept and what I was doing for them, I just decided to do it on our own, so. That's cool, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, after working for about five years, I really enjoyed working for them. Um, But, you know, there's a lot of red tape, a lot of the trainings and stuff like that you go to. I just don't want to do that, I just wanted to help people, fix people and have full control over their nutrition, their exercise, review their labs, all that stuff in-house, and basically just help them out, you know, get, get them healthy. You know what doesn't have a lot of red tape? What's that? Being an entrepreneur. There you go. <laughs> 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 yeah, we were basically we were heading in that direction. After a while, I was like, I can't do this anymore. You know, meeting these quotas, all this other stuff, and um, I was like, I, that was my goal, was just to help people, regardless of pay and all that stuff what's to go ahead and do it and so um, which is why where that idea kind of came from and kind of stemmed from uh, all the experiences that uh, you can know, we kind of been through and then um, of course bringing it back here to see it, it might be it might be a good place to do it so so did you have like clients that kind of came with it or like so like- no th- this was actually fresh so um, well I'm sorry with the exception uh, I've, I've had a, a pretty large Instagram following for a while I started dabbling in consults um, Probably in the last year or so. What, just through Instagram? Just through Instagram, yeah. So I started doing um, a, a lot of freebie stuff. So I would have a, a Q&A on Fridays, a health Q&A. You drop your questions. It started with no one asking me anything. Um, and then when they started to see the value that I was answering pretty much everything that's health related regarding meds, regarding their exercise, regarding nutrition, it started to pick up and so you go from, you know, 20 people looking at it to like, you know, thousands, and so I was like, huh. But I still wasn't getting paid for it because I was, I was salaried, I was working in D.C. And you were and, just doing this live? Uh, no, no, so just on, on the stories. Oh, on just the on stories. stories. Yeah, just on the stories, every Friday. Um, and I, that's kind of how I built kind of the following. Like, I didn't, um, I didn't promote, I don't promote anything, I don't sell anything, you won't see me holding up a bar and be like, oh, this is the best protein bar ever. No, I, I don't do any of that. Um, It was just, I was working full-time, I was salaried, and this was actually a fun little space for me. It wasn't even about a business at the time. I was just like, I'll help people out because they they don't get the information from the practitioner, they don't. They just, you know, here's your blood panel, there's some red dots on it, here are your meds and go. Uh, But a lot of those metabolic conditions can be reversed metabolically through metabolic strategies, which is basically exercise and nutrition, so. I decided to help folks that way and then kind of grew the following. And so, to answer your question though, a lot of those folks kind of carried over from Instagram and got, I was doing consults, half hour sessions, full hour sessions, um, and when we- But
0: they would just like DM you and say, hey, can yeah. you consult with me?
1: But because people will repost it. You know, if I helped them with their macros or I helped them reverse a condition, um, there are women on there, it's kind of funny, they'll repost stuff like, you know, "Mike got me pregnant. And the reason why is because I helped reverse their PCOS, which is basically, you know, cysts and growing on, you know, um, making it very difficult for them to bear children. And so, nutritional changes, we reestablish their hormones, um, and basically, they would virtually, from the education I provided, they would follow it, and they would get pregnant and not, like I said, after being years told they couldn't have children. All right, so how many women have you gotten pregnant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Too far calling. Yeah. Um, no, it's funny though, but definitely a couple. It'll it surprise me when someone tags me and they're like, "I give all the credit to, to you know, Mike and well, par- partially my husband." And it's like some sort of joke, but uh, but it's always good to see that, you know what I mean? And That's what I got into it for. Um, not necessarily to you know charge hourly for whatever service. I mean, it's nice to see that these, especially for women, that have been suffering for so so long um, that finally, you know, there's an option for them and it doesn't require. Birth control to reestablish their hormones. It you know it's just a lot of the stuff they're doing maybe can can be done differently. So how
0: many. How, so how many clients did you pick up on the consulting side through Instagram?
1: I mean, I've done a ton. I mean, probably hundreds. And like in, I mean, you're just charging year. an hourly
0: rate. You're just like, I'll consult with you.
1: Basically, I mean, is there I any charge agreement
0: rate. or is it just like, hey, like whenever so you I'll, need it. So
1: so I'll do hourly rates, a half hour rates, and then I have subscription service so they can do it every month. Um, I do consults here in Gainesville as well. Some folks don't want to come to the the Lyft Lab, and so I'll just do it virtually. Um, but most. Um, and are you scheduling like phone calls with them? Like are No, you doing so, through Zoom. Stuff so uh, through Zoom? Through Zoom, yeah. Okay. So it's, I have a scheduler on them. Once they book it through the system, it automatically goes. They get the link, and then they fill out basically a little intake form that should, their health history, uh, their current lifestyle behaviors, um, what they're looking for, current meds, all this. So basically, everything I did for the defense contractor. I kind of stole that platform, but now I'm using it. Obviously, you know, getting actually paid for it, like paid more. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so and that's how kind of it started. I, you know, I developed that following all through Instagram. I don't do YouTube. I don't do Facebook. I just I put in a lot of time, and to be honest, a lot of free time—not for this business, to be honest with you—but just because it's, it's what I like to do, and I cared for these these people, right? Um, and I still do it. Every I haven't missed a Friday. Every Friday, I drop a health, exercise, nutrition Q and A that everyone just goes to, and they drop their questions. I respond to it. And um, so, are
0: you just using the question thing on Instagram stories? Yep, and that's it. And they're submitting their question. Exactly. And then you just answer it. I mean it. how
1: how many hours does it take to do that? I mean are you, if you're getting a ton of them. A lot? Is it like this is a well, Friday thing? No, I mean, it, then I mean, it's I gotten so used to the questions, and you you develop basically you get faster them because a lot of the same questions. I mean, it's human nature that all these diseases are the same, you know, hypertension, inflammation, all all those things. So they're pretty easy to answer. It does take a little bit of time, and so at the time when I was doing it, I was doing it for fun because it actually helped me stay on top of basically it's like continuing education. That's what it is. If you mm-hmm. if you don't see challenging cases, you're not going to try to learn anything new. If you just keep seeing the same thing, so part of me was that this. Is actually helping me, even though it's helping them. It lets me stay on top of all the new, you know, developments and stuff like that in health. Um, but yeah, it does take a little bit of time. And but I figured, you know, maybe there's something to it, and we'll, you know. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to monetize it. But for right now, I'm enjoying it. It's great. You
0: did monetize it. You're doing all this consulting.
1: Uh, Well, I did. Right. Correct. But at the time, Uh, I I spent the last perfect year, like you know, for a full year, just answering questions on a Friday night. And and to me, there was value in that for me to grow. And then, correct. So now I'm I'm monetizing.
0: Did you even like the consulting even come
1: across your mind, or it was, or it was like when somebody said, "Hey, do you do consulting? No, so it came across in mind because, um, so I worked for um, General Dynamics, a government defense contractor, um, but I oversaw five sites for them in the D.C. area. So I would go to different sites, but because I was spread so thin, I would have people email me and say, hey, do you do this on the side? Like, actually wanted to get more, not just through the company, because I I didn't, you know, my schedule was so tight to to see them. They would reach out and they're like, can you do this on the side? I'm like, okay, we'll we'll try it out. And so that's kind of how it started. I started doing kind of freebies, and then I was like, okay, let's do calls and emails, um, and then I got into the, the Zoom stuff, and you know, kind of got smart about it. And you know, yeah, so
0: yeah, <laughs> I, I, like I don't know, I just always get fascinated by how people start to like monetize off of a social media platform. And well, just, and that's the thing. Know. Like
1: at the time, I didn't, I, I, had no intention of it. Right. I just said it, it was great, and I, and I actually met with. Um, I don't know if you know him, Vic Johnson. He's a he's he heads a diabetic kitchen. I think he's housed in, in the um, the Uni- UF Innovation Hub. Oh, really? Cool. Um, so they do basically uh, gourmet products for diabetics, and it's on Amazon and everything. Dang. Um, I reached out because I was a fan of his products, not necessarily for me, but for you know the people I was working with, the clients who have, have diabetes and stuff like that, and. Um, like when we came down uh, one summer, had a meeting with him and he, smart guy, you know, business guy, he's like, you know, you need to do something with this website, you need to do something with this following. I was like, what do I do? He's like, you know, for the past two, three years, we built like a listserv and we just kept sending out recipes before we had everything done for our product. And I was like, oh, so that's how you do things. So he's like, you know, if you have that influence, you have that background, you have the people that are following you, you have the power. And I was like, oh. And I still didn't know what he was talking about, so I went home, I, did a, I started doing a listserv for my website, all of a sudden I got hundreds of people signing up because they found value through my Instagram, uh, the, the information I was give, uh, giving out, reversing conditions and all that stuff. And um, yeah, so he actually changed my life probably in the past year before we came down um year and a half i can't remember when i met met up with him um but yeah it, it basically showed me what kind of what to do with the website basically planted the seed and after that i just kind of ran with it and then that's where the whole monetizing the, the
0: did you not feel like you were bringing a ton of value like at that and like in your to, mi- in your process your like in your mind at that time you know it it, it took this gentleman saying like You're you're bringing all this value, and the reason I ask that is hmm. because like one of the one of the things that I I, that I still always do is I feel like I never put enough value on myself.
1: I I always feel like I'm
0: like ah like correct. "Ah, So
1: you know, actually with Michelle, she would be like, "What are you doing and spending these nights just staying away from the family, all that stuff, just answering these these DMs and these questions?" I'm like. It's what I like to do, and I don't know, I'm gonna do something with it. But I didn't know what to do, because I don't have you know mentor for that, or guidance and all that stuff. I just kept wanting to, to do it because I enjoyed it, and I was hoping that it would turn into something, but I had no clue. What to do with it until I met with Vic, which I actually just met with him because I just love your product, man, and all that stuff. And then it turned into like, you have a lot of good stuff. I went to your website, but like, what are you doing with it? And I was like, I don't know. It's just, I just (laughs) bought the name and I just kind of sat on it for a little while. I didn't know what to do with it for a long time. And then um, all of a sudden, I just started, like I said, doing consults and people reposted, and that that was that. So that's cool.
2: Yeah. Uh, So, I was reading your, uh, your LinkedIn profile and I saw the quote that says, I was the fat kid who loved cake, years later I traded the cake for a salad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love that, so I was kind of interested in just what your personal journey was and then, and then however that was, how did it uh, gravitate towards focusing on, on women as your demographic? <sighs>
1: Or, how much time do you have? No, uh, so, so I think just growing up, you know, growing up on uh, bread and cheese whiz and stuff like that, things that at the time we didn't know were unhealthy, but now it's right. like, you know, we've like, Ugh. Um, Cheese whiz is so good, though. Yeah. You know, I'm just I don't ever I, eat I can't Jesus. say I admit. Yeah, I say. um. Except when I go to Philly, and they put it on the Philly G. The Philly G Yeah, that's probably the real stuff. With Whiz, whiz right? or without. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up. I wouldn't say you know I was a beast or anything like that, but I you know I um, you know husky kid had a little bit of weight on me, um, and basically I also had asthma, so I couldn't do the little presidential miles or the pull-ups or anything like that. Um, kind of hit it, you know. I was like, I don't want to run a mile. That's for the you know I'm too cool for that, even though I couldn't right. Um, so years later, I decided to kind of go into fitness, um, started working out, actually get certified as a trainer at the time. So this was before I went and got my clinical background. Um, and that kind of started that journey with a whole, like one day I would like to have a gym. But it was just, you know, pattering it off of um, like a gold's gym, like just a, a basic gym, a dollar a day, 30 bucks a month, whatever. Um, that was the original idea. And then, so kind of coming back, Um, you know, full circle, I started, once I got the clinical training, I started to realize, and I hate to say it this way, but a lot of the stuff I was taught wasn't 100% true. I would go out, when I was working in D.C., I would give the information out to people, they would reduce their A1Cs, reduce their blood glucose, and improve their diabetes, but they would never reverse it, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure you can reverse it. So I started doing more research, and then, once I got to that point, that's where my whole kind of world changed as far as health and how I view it, is that not everything that is put out that is taught is 100% true. And it's not until you challenge it and then you get different results, you're like, oh, maybe, and then you keep doing it, and you keep getting those same results where people are getting better, like, oh. So that's basically kind of the background that it went from specifically, it's, a, it's about weight loss, let's, let's turn around, get strong and help other people but you realize it's more than weight. It's about how the body is internally. What do those blood numbers look like? Is there a lot of inflammation? The CRP level's high, stuff like that. Um, and that's kind of where that, that kind of brought me back to health, but also challenging the, the status quo for, you know, like I said, what we're taught and what exists out there and what, what you would receive if you went to the, the, you know, your doctor or whatnot, so. That's interesting.
0: So what's been the biggest challenge so far? Uh, business Yeah, two months in, got um, a new business. Did you have any trouble when it came to the city, getting set up, Anyth- anything so that was unexpected? Or
1: w- We had been looking for a place for a while, so in a little spot to lease. Um, we just couldn't find the right spot. We tried to squeeze it into like the building, where like it doesn't seem like it would fit. Um, then we found a place where it was basically offices in the front and then it opens up to whatever ten Warehouse, Yeah, basically warehouse and half. Exactly. So have offices in the front, have a little childcare for kids or whatever. And in the back, we have the full gym. And so I was like, this is a spot, you know. And so it's actually near wards, so it's it's very close to there. Um, I think that was the biggest challenge finding a spot. Um, I think the biggest challenge now is starting over in the city, meaning that friends left, the network left, and, and trying to reestablish that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's the biggest thing. But which is why join the chamber and doing some other things, trying to you know kind of network and kind of spread this idea. Um, but I think that's the biggest you know. Um, challenge for us right now is really just, you know, because it's one of those things, you just don't put a sign on, people come in. You really have to network and and build the community and stuff like that, which you guys always preach anyways, um, for this Gainesville community, you have to do that. So a lot of our business, like I said, uh, is online, so it's floating on that while we still build basically the foot traffic. so. So that's been the biggest driver so far just online or yes, online presence. Absolutely,
0: yeah. So is your is your influence through Instagram for yourself personally also contributing to that or no? Most of those people are elsewhere? Um what do you mean? Like as well Like in terms of so you're consulting with a bunch of people through Instagram. Has anybody through your Instagram
1: account become mm. like an a client at your gym or Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah, and it, it, you know, some folks that have been following me actually were based in Gainesville, just random. Like, I get people from all, you know, Las Vegas, California, Canada, um, and there's some people, a lot of people in Florida. In fact, there's someone who, also, we have a virtual program, virtual training program, too. Not just the consults, but basically a virtu- virtual, where I push out the programming, I push out the consults, and it's a, it's a subscription service. So, some of those folks, they live in Florida. I actually have one coming up from Orlando, coming to train pretty soon, probably next two weeks. So a lot of the folks that um, are local, they try to. I have some folks in Jacksonville that come over as well, so it's one of those that, you know, these people that, you know, you, you find online or they meet you online, you like to provide so much value and they're like willing to Come and, and learn. Like they that's see the good they, stuff. They
0: feel like they've already built the relationship
1: with you. Through, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right?
0: Through, through a social media platform, they already feel a
1: connection. They already know you. And I'll do the same thing, like when we go visit family in Jacksonville, I'm hey, anybody you want to train? Like for free. Like let's let's just go train. Like I'm gonna go to the gym and train anyways. You wanna learn something? Let's go. I I, I don't charge them at that point. It's just hey, they'll sign up, they'll drive like an hour or whatever it is to to get there if they're a little like Fernandine beach or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, so it's been, it's been actually good to, you know, especially off the Instagram to kind of leverage all that stuff now, but not leverage it from point of a, let's make some money, but like I said, those relationships turn into a little bit, that provide, you know, more value basically, so. Okay, so how many different revenue streams do you have then? Because you have the consulting, and you're pushing the programming out on online, So so basically the consulting and that's, you know, hourly or subscription, the virtual programming, which is a subscription, a completely different service, and then also the stuff that's on-site in-house, which is the same stuff, right? So we do the training and then of course we have nutrition consults and stuff like that.
0: So is the stuff that you're doing like virtual programming wise, I mean this is video content creation, what is it?
1: Yeah, so basically I do the programming each week for for the exercises that they're gonna do. We focus, it's a long story, but we focus on posterior stuff for women. Um, But the program goes out. I record all the videos in house at the Lift Lab and I post those up. And then that's in a members' page. So they have access to that. And then we also have a Facebook group that's private, which they can basically interact. It's accountability. It provides that. I'm not just working out and viewing the videos on my phone at the gym. I'm actually, you know, Susie over here is doing the same workout and she's suffering, right? <laughs> because of whatever, how many reps I told them to do, whatever. So. But it's good because it helps them along and that's the biggest thing i found out is that you can always just tell someone, teach someone something, they'll go off, they'll do it and they'll drop off. So once you have full control over everything, people can get healthier faster. You're looking at their nutrition, you're looking at their exercise, you see what they're doing and, and making those connections and that's when those big changes happen in their health compared to let's say if you have a, a doctor that you know diagnosed with diabetes, they say go lose weight, eat vegetables and you'll get better, here's your medication. You go off, you talk to your trainer, trainer doesn't know how to read a blood panel, they just know how to build muscle. So they're like, okay, well, let's build muscle, you need to see a nutritionist, so you go see a nutritionist. They don't actually understand what you're going through, how to reverse that condition because, honestly, dietitians, nutritionists, they, they're not taught to reverse diabetes. That's just part of like their credential, you can't really talk about that stuff. So by clo- by having that Basically, network where I'm able to oversee all aspects for only metabolic conditions. So, like I said, all those cardiovascular disease, uh, hypertension, hyperlipidemia, um, obesity, all that stuff can be reversed if you have the right program. And that's something I think, like I said, it's, it's a little bit different for this area, but that's kind of what we have for the basically the revenue streams all, on the on site are the yeah, on site presence and then the the online stuff. But I, I don't venture, or at least I don't, I haven't ventured off into the YouTube stuff and all that, stuff. and it's, it's possible, you know, it's just it's a little bit of work, but I mean, right now, yeah, I was gonna say to do all that stuff, and then it's just, yeah,
0: it's fascinating to me because more and more companies, and, and, and I would say a lot of fitness companies, mm-hmm. are becoming content creation companies, yeah. Like, yeah. when I look at like Peloton, Peloton is not a gym. It's yeah, not, no, no, it's no. not a selling you a bike. Yeah, it's a content creation company. Yeah, yeah.
1: And they're just building that <laughs> building that network. And, and you know, like I said, Susie is here doing it with you. You know, honestly, it's not the best exercise that you can do. You know, but people don't buy that bike for the exercise; they buy for the, the you know network. they sister exactly. Right. They that's for the, community. the word right there is the community. You know? Especially when you start putting people in those Facebook groups
0: together. Yeah, yeah. Start, I mean, you're building you're building community, and then, that's, and that's, that's why
1: it wins. And that's the thing when I. Got into it, I didn't really know how, I didn't look at it from a, another revenue stream. I said people would message me because I would always post my workouts on Instagram as well. They were like, that's a pretty cool workout, that's different from what I'm doing. Do you do programming? Okay, so, so it's one of the, whenever the demand was there and, and the question was there, it's like I started to provide. I'm like, okay, well, let me do this. Honestly, I didn't know how to do any of that, right? But I just said, okay, you wanna learn how to do it? Maybe I can do a video for you and I'll send it. And then it kind of went to the whole website thing and then now posting videos and then now doing the program. So it's where that gap is for the need for that, the population I work with, which is mainly women. Um, and then I, that's how new things kind of arise from that, so.
2: What's the age group that you work with? Is it all like a certain age or do you work all across the board? Across
1: the board, but so remember, a lot of these metabolic conditions really start to happen in their 30s and 40s. So typically I catch them in their 40s, 50s and 60s. Um, so not just metabolic conditions, but biomechanical, musculoskeletal issues, too low back pain, they have fractures, hip pain, stuff like that, which we also address, on, not online, because you can't really do that, but on site we do that as well. So I assess for muscle deficiencies and stuff like that. So but yeah That's cool. from uh, so I mean you're only a couple months
0: in yeah right so I mean what's what's on the goal list for 2020? You know, did you guys project any like revenues or you like, I wanna get X number of clients this year? Like what what went into your goal setting process for your first year as a startup?
1: Yeah, and so the, the biggest thing is for, like I said, focusing on getting those people in. Like getting a certain number of members in, obviously to float the business, all that stuff. Though this was before the, all the online stuff. So when we did the research, we're like, we need to get so many people in per month. Now that we have the online stuff, it's like, well, that, now we don't have to try as hard, but we still have to go out there. So instead of recruiting folks, you know, to, to oh, go ahead and come in, now we have time to basically build our network. So go do these events and stuff like that, and see if we can get some referrals and and, and such. So, getting- which one drives you more from a passion
0: standpoint? Is it the one to one, like working with them inside the gym, or is it, or do you are or are you already seeing? that okay the online stuff the consulting this this program, program programmatic stuff mm-hmm. is starting to like get some traction like do you start putting more time there because you recognize that it's uh, yeah, because I yeah from the outside in, I'm like, oh, that's m- way more scalable.
1: It's way more scalable yeah, well, to do that. Than so now that like I'm like see- at yeah. one to ones with people all the time, I'm seeing that now um, is that you know because you're right, you have one on one, you have that full hour, and that how many hours do you have left in the day, right? You know, uh, compared to you know, cutting it down, whatever the subscription price is, and then having like ten or fifteen or twenty people, you know, kind of sign up. You know, I would say from a business standpoint, absolutely, it's easier and it's more scalable um, to do something like an, have an online presence, and also personally, you can help more people that way. And in my field, in health prevention, you can touch more, you know, um, you know affect more people. Um, so I'm at a point to where. I'm kind of like both, but I am kind of enjoying a little bit on the line stuff because I, like I said, I can touch more people, I can send more messages, I can go into the Facebook group, I can interact more than if I were to, like I said, have five people in the in the room we training and I'm doing, and it's you know it's a little bit different. Um, so I would say I am more for some of the online presence as of now because I've seen the exponential growth. You know, it was like one or two people, and then when they repost this, repost that. Oh, he did this, he did that for me. Then all of a they're trickling in. You know, get emails, and they're like three or four new people that you know, day, and then they just add up. And then, of course, like I said, subscription service. So it's it's you know the revenue is in there, and it just kind of keeps on coming as long as you keep providing the value, of course, which. Like I, said, I never viewed it as more money's come in. I said, "How can I like to impact these women?" And so I had to k- come up with really good programming. So right now I'm spending a lot more time than I should, thinking about the programming, thinking about how it's going to impact the, their health and their bodies and all that stuff. Um, but I'm hoping to reach a point to where I can kind of cut that back. But you know, time wise, I can you know use my time for some other things. So yeah. All right. So thinking about YouTube and
0: mm-hmm. versus Instagram, right? Just because. Uh, I'm such a social media freak. No. Um, mm. the, so your Instagram stories, mm. which I know brought a ton of value yeah. to the people who saw them, but then they disappeared, right? Like you don't have those Instagram stories, the ones that you did on Friday nights.
1: Oh, correct, uh, yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, unless you archive them or whatever it is. Or so highlight, my question yeah. is, yeah. what if you did? Like what if you still had that content and those conversations and they were on YouTube? still providing value.
1: Well, and, and that's the thing. So it's funny, I saw, I was on a, some other uh, Instagrammer's page and of course they, they do the YouTube stuff, right? So I didn't, didn't really look at it, but it was one of those, they give you the clip, right? They give you a clip and then someone leaves a comment like, well, what is it? Oh, we'll go watch the video, right? And so they get a little irritated, so I'm reading these comments, right? And, and basically, and this is what part so were of Were they like, trying
0: to sell something? is it like- No, no, they weren't. Board, it was actually,
1: it was, it was a physical therapist and they were uh, you know just showing how to do something, right? Um, Gotcha. But he basically outlined the idea because I never really looked into it well. And they basically talked about the revenue stream, how they get more folks kind of going there, and so that's one of the reasons why. And then you you know you justify that you should get paid for the service, and of course because it it does. And so that's the stuff that I was providing, but I never got paid for it at the time. And so now I start to see it. I'm like, okay, that that's you know there's a value in there. So let's go ahead and and you know try to do some. So. And I just saw that post yesterday, so I'm like thinking about it. But I'm like, how much more work is it going to take? Because I'm still trying to grow this side, and you know, it's one of those things. But I think so. I definitely think it's valuable for sure, especially all the content. Yeah, the truth is, I'm just
0: curious as to what what people are thinking when they go through that content creation process. You know what I mean? Mm, Yeah, and. You know, the answer could be that it's just more intimate with it being through stories. It's like with uh, people who are already following you and then yeah. brings in more well, followers. Well, you know, because like, I'll
1: do the highlights and I'll save them right. and pe- I'll still get messages that people are still going through those and highlights those. and watch them and they'll send me a message, well, what do you mean by this? Oh, thanks for sharing, they'll repost that that was tucked away in the highlights for forever. Yeah. Now, from a revenue standpoint, of course, you don't get paid for that, but, you know, of course internally brings me value, You know, because you know, I really, you know, I'm, I'm supporting someone, but like I said, now that I'm kind of, not knee deep into it yet, but I'm like starting to see, okay, well, I'm helping people, and I'll also justify getting paid for it, why not, right? Because you're producing a lot, right? That's what I went to school for. And so now I'm starting to see, well, maybe I should kind of branch off, you know, and so I'm starting to do a little bit more research with that, but,
0: you know. Yeah, so. well, and the thing with YouTube that a lot of people don't realize, or at least they don't realize at first, is that, you know, you can make money on YouTube.
1: <laughs> no, absolutely, from, from yeah. From the ad, like YouTube,
0: YouTube will pay you. Well, that, that's and, what's funny. And it funny doesn't cause... really have to do with as many like, people like, oh, you gotta have thousands of subscribers, which is not necessarily the case, because right. if your videos are good and they're yeah. optimized well, I mean, with New Scooters for Less, a lot of people are like, really, we only have, what, 2,500 subscribers-ish, maybe close to 3,000 subscribers on our New Scooters for Less YouTube channel, mm. but dude, like, YouTube's paying us every month, and it's because a lot of the videos are getting <laughs> hundreds, you know,
1: hundred thousand. Thousand views, yeah, yeah, just because of the content. Well, it's funny because, so like I said, after I saw that post, I'm like, Google, how to get paid, yeah. YouTuber? Yeah. So I look it up, and I'm like. People actually get paid a pretty, pretty good penny. Like, not even big people. I'm just talking about just average Joes. I'm like, no I mean, wonder there's so much random stuff on there because people are like, oh, I got a new cat. And I'm like, who cares? But apparently, that because they're getting paid for you. Somebody cares so watch a video. And I'm like, oh, so they do get paid a bit of money to do this. So that's what I started thinking well, about it. Like, <laughs> and the reason my
0: brain automatically starts going off on the things that you do is because mm. YouTube, a lot of people go to YouTube for how to's.
1: Right yeah, right. yeah. So if
0: you like how to do this particular exercise, or how to like do this, or how to do like that content does really well. Right. Yeah. And we will get a lot of views, especially if you spend the time to optimize from like
1: titling and the description and keywords and stuff like that. Well, like, and that's what I'm starting to see now too, especially with like captioning. Well, even when the, even with our Women's Lift Lab Instagram, we'll do posts very educational and that goes against the grain of whatever you know, like so we're taught and we would kind of leave it off to the point to where, you know, want to learn more type of thing but then that means they would have to dm us or whatever and there's no like clear follow up so now i think it's at that natural progression to where okay we see this what we're doing we're trying to drive people in but what you know what else can we provide and so i think that's actually a good opportunity as you mentioned too well how do you reverse diabetes now, is it a specific exercise specific nutrition is it like, what do you do uh, without giving everything away but then you can still get you know uh, paid for right then you could uh, then you do youtube or whatever it is so now we're starting to kind of see go to that uh, ours yeah no just go to youtube oh. And type how to reverse diabetes. <laughs> I just wanna see what pops up.
0: No, I mean like and I'm not I'm not trying to hard sell YouTube or anything, but I think it's funny because you know, YouTube's been around since 2006, yeah, and I think that there's still so much room for
1: growth for YouTube, and, oh, and people yeah. have so
0: much opportunity to, you know. I think it, I know. think
1: the biggest like even the challenge for us is that we, we do recognize that there is some untapped dollars there for sure for revenue wise, and also to help other people. Uh, you know, I think the biggest thing is having What's the, the uh, you know. Views? So like definitely. having like the resources. How to resources. reverse type 2
0: diabetes pops up as a video by Diet Doctor with 553,000 views. Yeah, From six First, years, six years ago. ago. So it wasn't even wow. like, it wasn't even that
1: long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I <laughs> mean? I mean, you think about it, YouTube's been around since 2006. Like six years ago, just wasn't that long. Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's cool. I mean, and, and that's the thing. I think that's the biggest thing is is having the resources to to do it. Because as you as you mentioned, it takes a lot. So either you can do it yourself, you can pay someone to do it, and you know. So that's one of those like lines you got to figure yeah, out: is it worth it? Thing. Yeah, is it worth it? Like for me, time wise, it probably wouldn't. But would I pay someone to possibly do it? Maybe if I saw that the return was there for sure, absolutely. You know, hell, I would like for people to record my videos rather than me doing it by myself. But at the same time, we're kind of growing, so I was like, I'll just record myself, right? But eventually, I want to reach. That point to where I can hire someone and, and do it, and I can just spend like two minutes doing the exercise or whatever it is, and do something else more productive, right? Yeah, but
0: see, that's where that's where it becomes a problem too, is because I mean, I, I think this is uh, this is just natural tendencies uh, as us as business people is that mm-hmm. we want we want immediate ROI. Yeah, right. Yeah, right? yeah. We yeah, want yeah. we want to see the results right away. I mean, that's six
1: years. Right. Right. right? Yeah. Like it took
0: it, like he might have gotten there a year four, but I mean, it took years mm-hmm. to get to that and point. And now it's like coming now in now. Right? It, yeah. Now it's up there. The SEO has been there. It's probably got a good description. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's you know it's like I mean, dude, I want to go to the gym with you tomorrow, and I want huge muscles, but <laughs> you know, it's, pro- it's probably going to take a little bit longer than. Yeah, that's than, true. Yeah, you know no, what absolutely. I mean? yeah, so yeah. it's it's that process, and I I actually use that analogy a lot when it comes to building brand or when it comes to getting results on social. media Oh, absolutely. It takes. Like, yeah. like, dude, you're you're gonna go to the gym. I was like, I might have I might have some like tone and some definition after a few yeah. months. But yeah, i ain't gonna really see and, the results. And that's what I'm saying. Until,
1: like, that's what I, you know, like I said for the past three years on Instagram, like I was just doing free work, you know, spending these long nights, you know, thinking it's gonna go somewhere. I had no clue where it's going, or I have no clue how to do anything with it. But it seems like I'm building a following, so I just focus on building a following, and then that's that's was the goal. It's <laughs> just build following and keep providing that value, you know. So, but it definitely takes a lot of time. Completely agree. Yeah, it's interesting
2: because so. that that philosophy is the same thing, and it seems like you're trying to like coach against. Uh, it's been. 10 years I think, I actually minored in, in nutrition mm. and one of the things I remembered from the University of Florida is, is them talking about the marketing aspect of that and how, I mean you can flip through a magazine page, listen to content, watch YouTube ads, flip on the TV and it's big pharma ads down your oh, face yeah, to yeah. take a pill for this and and so to, to your point about that, I think that that's part of the problem is, is people would much rather find the pill that they can take to cure their woes
1: and want an overnight solution yeah, and actually, put in the work to maybe, you know, reverse something. And actually, that, that actually segues to another point, because I know you asked, uh, one of you asked about the, why I work with women exclusively, right. for the most part. So when I was in DC, um, anyone can come to the office, right? So men, women, now granted, where I worked, about 75% of those uh, employee, employees were men, right? But I saw very few men, when I when they would come in, they'd be like, oh, okay, I'm five milligrams of this. Um, but it's, it's well-managed, it's just blood pressure medication, no big deal. They, they and it's not a big deal, right? And obviously there's underlying cause. Um, and But they didn't invest in the process of it. They just wanted that, that result, right? Because they were busy working, whatever. So women would come in and actually take the time, not just in the office, but follow-up appointments and all that stuff and to see how, how we do things, what the process looked like, and really reverse the conditions. So after a while, I'm like, you know, I always appreciate someone who takes, takes education and actually something with it, right, rather than just tell me what to do. I can tell you what to do, but nothing's going to happen, only in that, you know, first month or whatever. And so I started to hone in on women, and like I said, not a f- from a financial standpoint, from only because they not only seem interested, but they have more challenges than, than men do. And let's be honest, if you're a guy, you have a certain health condition, you just go to the gym, and a lot of times it gets reversed for whatever reason, just magically. But women always tend to have a lot of problems. It's Like, like I said, the biggest one, PCOS, and, and not being able to bear children, having difficulty too. Um, from being on birth control all their lives, from you know hair falling out, brittle nails, always dieting, always sticking to salads and stuff like that. Uh, there's kind of like a societal impact to where they shouldn't, you know eat lots of meat or they shouldn't um, you know lift a lot of weight because they'll get too bulky you know and stuff like that and so that's <coughs> kind of what we I started going in that direction and said we can reverse the conditions but we have to lift heavy and we have to avoid just eating salads and being in calorie deficit all day and so it's one of those that, that kind of changed the direction of okay so women are more receptive and they're willing to invest in the process so let's try this out let's work with women but now we have to change the perception of you have to eat more than a salad and you have to lift a barbell. You can't just go to Zuma classes and, and lift little pink dumbbells all day, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to reverse these conditions, you have to put on muscle, you have to put on mass, and that's a whole other thing why, and in, in, when you talk about reversing conditions, it's not just about the look, it has to do with metabolism and some other things, but. Does that become a tough sell, though? Correct, yeah, absolutely, so I'm glad you brought that up. It's, it, it comes as, as a tough sell when you're trying to say, hey, your hormones are in balance, I can reverse those. How I've been on medication for so long and it's not working. So honestly, I sell them on weight loss, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You come in, we'll get you strong, we'll lose weight, but at the same time, we're gonna take a look at your labs, we're gonna take a look at your metrics, your weight, your blood pressure, all these other things. Once they start making those physical gains in the gym, I show them what's happening here internally, and all of a sudden they put two and two together. Now they're more invested into it. Initially, of course, no one gets it. And you're mm-hmm. like, you reverse diabetes? Okay, no, yeah, oh, sure, you do. It's not until they get in through uh, let's let's do that weight loss your doctor talked about. You know, come on in, we'll train you, we'll get you strong. Um, and then once they see the like I said the other things that are happening, they'll stay for that and they'll kind of continue. So, but definitely, I completely agree. It's hard to sell that. Uh, I can reverse your. Uh, Condition, or I can improve your chances of getting pregnant. Right. Yeah,
2: because you, you do hear that a lot. Or at least I do at the gyms I go to. Friends, it's it's from the women. It's I, I want to lose three pounds. I want to lose five pounds. I want to lose ten pounds. Then you talk, start talking about you know. Strength training, muscle, you know, building muscles. Mm. Ah, but I don't, I don't want to look too muscular.
1: <laughs> yeah, and right. like, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. And I, I think it's,
2: it's an image thing. It's, it's, it's like you said, it's like they, they're indoctrinated from a young age about this is what it's supposed exactly. to be. Exactly. And I think right? that's
1: part of exactly why we decided to do women's Lift lab because, you know, I talk to women all the time they'll go to the gym and look, who's looking in the mirror, right? It's just some guy with big muscles and you see a little lady off on the side. In fact, the guy's probably on Instagram and you it, recording stuff and you see in the mirror reflection the little woman's over here. <laughs> no, we want to tell women, it's okay to lift and you're not going to get big. So take your place in front of that mirror and let's go lift. You can be healthy too. You can have strong bones. You can have nice, you know, uh, strong muscles and all that stuff and that's okay. So it's also part of what we're trying to do is not only reverse the condition but reverse the perception of that women should be kind of coddled and... Uh, they're not strong enough or they shouldn't you know, do certain things that should be reserved for men. No, no, you should be there and you should do the work just like anything else. Like One of the biggest uh, questions I get, actually I get this question a lot every Friday is that, uh, hey Mike, I'm 45, new to working out, what's the best workout for a woman? And I tell them the same workout that a man does that everyone else does. You're gonna do your squats, your deadlifts, your all these moves. That's what you're gonna do. You may be a little bit lighter or you may have different uh, you know, foot stances, hip width because different shape, but we all have glutes, we all have pecs, we all have biceps, triceps. We have the same muscle groups. You do the same exercise. And that's it. And so, but a lot of them have, find it very difficult to accept that because of the fact that, mm-hmm. you know, they've been just kind of, you know, society has told them that they shouldn't do these things and that, you know, they'll get too big or whatever it is, like you said. So, it's interesting. yeah.
0: Have you had any failures yet in these first couple months? <laughs>
1: um, I uh, I wouldn't say failures, right? So, learning experiences, but I think more so just starting off, like all the kind of. Uh, you know, tax ID numbers, all those little things that are kind of annoying. Like, I have the concept, I can run with it, I can educate people, I can train people, all that stuff. But some of those little things I don't like to do is kind of like... the business part? Yeah, the business part, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, like, for example, I'll book consults, right? And, And I tell people that, unfortunately, and I'll, like, double book consults, because I'm just not good at, like, I shouldn't say that, schedule your organization, <laughs> right? But I'm good at you, educa- like, even education. Like even charting and stuff like that, when I chart into notes and stuff like that for the people, I'll provide so much education that I'll forget to type in what, you know, what, what, what actually happened in the conversation, right? right? And so I'll do another consult six months from now and I'll have a, a blank page, just some basic information. I'm like, ah, oh, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so I think the biggest thing, um, At least for me or for us, is that all those little things that are not the sexy side of business, you know?
0: Processes. Exactly. Even though they're poor. Yeah,
1: exactly. And you have to have, you know, get get all your, just everything in line. I think that's the biggest struggle. And it's not necessarily hard, it's just labor intensive, right? Just labor intensive, you know? How many people do we have on the online group? How much are they paying? And then also on the on site stuff, and what does that look like? And figuring out. We have a great. P.E.O. as a sponsor. <laughs> They'll handle your
0: workers' comp. They'll handle your there you they go, eliminate your all the headaches. They'll relieve you of all the headaches. <laughs> I mean, they are awesome. APR, Advantage go. Personnel Resource. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you have one hook, employee or 99.
2: Gonna, there you go. I'm
0: gonna hook you up. <laughs> they will alleviate those headaches. So, I mean, what do you think? So, um, so what do you guys need from Gainesville
1: right now? You came back. And you're like in it, you know. I think the biggest thing is just having open ears for for a lot of people to listen to the message. Like message, what we're trying to do is not simply. Have a place for women to lift weights. I mean, there's a lot of places for that. Well, not specifically for women, but mm. to 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 understand that, like, just like as I mentioned, that women are capable of more, and they're capable of controlling their health more, and not leaving to the hands of their necessarily their doctor. Like, you'd be able to basically be your own advocate, and, ha- and and use this as a resource. But being open to that model that your condition that they've been living with for a long time maybe there's a possibility they can reverse it without any medication, I think so. Because like whenever I go to like a chamber event or something like that, the concepts still get a kind of mix. They don't know exactly, because they don't know how it's done, because no one has ever done it before, at least in this area. But if you go online, people do it all the time. People reverse diabetes, reverse PSOS all the time. So I think here locally, Especially in the South, it's just a hard concept. Like I could sell this idea in D.C. all day long because they get it. Down here, it's a little bit different. So I think the is biggest it thing is just because there's not as much education. Like like why like
0: why is that? Is it cultural?
1: Or? Yeah, is it cultural? It, I think it's cultural, but also there's the education, um, also the resources. You, you go to D.C., people are making a hundred grand on average, and they'll mm. drop a lot of money on prevention because if they get sick, they can't go to their job that makes a hundred thousand every year or more, right? And so they'll drop a lot of money on uh, the health prevention that they'll go see coaches, LC, you know, trainers, nutritionists, and it's it's really big business there because there's so much money. And I would say hundred thousand is like on the low end over there. a Defense contractor pays you, you know, two hundred easily. And you don't even need, you know, you just need a bachelor's degree in engineering, right? So I mean so there's a lot of money that goes through there. But also they're like I said they're very educated and I think it's culturally very accepted that you know, you should go running, you should do this, you should go to the gym. Oh, here's a little bit different. Um, And it could be financially, maybe resources, maybe just the concept of health prevention isn't here yet because you have big hospitals who just push out the meds and they're growing everywhere. So I think the concept is not here locally, but I think that's, you know, we're not trying to grow to where we have Hundred members sitting in there. We, we try to keep it basically kind of small and local, so it's very a niche market. So we definitely want to make sure that you know the the people understand, and that's okay not to have all of Gainesville understanding what we do. But I think just being open to the the concept that you know these conditions largely can be reversed. You know, just. You know, do you have the right plan and are you able to and just kind of give us a chance type of thing. So I think that's the biggest thing. And of course, also just building the network, reestablishing the network since we did leave for a couple of years, all our friends left. And so it's one of those making sure that we are you know in the community and doing things, not even from a business standpoint, for just, th- that's what you do. Otherwise, you'd just be shacked up inside your house all day, right? So build that network and build the community too, so. Yeah, so how's that been? They've gotten everybody to be very receptive. It's been like well. It's been good. Uh, well, at least for like a lot of business owners, they they completely understand how that's going. Um, I think it, a lot of times it takes following the Instagram, following what we do, and how do we do it, and seeing that value first gets people in. We've actually had some folks come in because they saw a story on someone else's page that we networked with and Got we you. spoke to. So it's been it's been good that way. as far as you know, uh, you know, getting people to really understand. But I think. Um, when, if, when you first go to some of these events, it's, it's kind of like, and no one ever, ever talked about reversing anything just through nutrition, because right. they weren't taught that. And they're taught you need to, uh, you know, just uh, whatever. Eat your salads and, and you'll be okay, your, your numbers will go down, but it, the concept is still not there. So I think part of it is that, uh, you know, for us to kind of, like I said, not only establish the network, but maybe, Speak with key folks that work in the health industry, especially on the prevention aspects or some of the clinics, to understand that if you truly want to help these people, you know you have to do more than just give them meds. You have to give them the education to change their lifestyle behaviors and get better. You know, but finding out, I think for a lot of folks, even like a lot of clinicians, they don't believe in some of that stuff, so if they don't. They just kind of close their doors on you, right? Mm. And they're fine. Peddling the meds for m- metabolic conditions, you know, which, like I said, you don't treat metabolic conditions through meds. You treat it through metabolic strategies, right? So nutrition, exercise, stuff like that. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is really just not only the community, but knowing kind of what we do, but also kind of re-educating some of the practitioners to okay, give us a chance, try it, and see what happens to your patients. Do they reverse? I guarantee you they reverse conditions if they have a certain kind of plan that we you know, kind of push out. So. Um, just to switch up real quick. I um, mean, you got
0: in, so you say you joined the Chamber of Commerce. Yeah, yeah, yep. Um, what have you have you gone to the events and that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So, what um, like what events? Four hours, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. So, which of the events that you've been to would you say has
1: been the most valuable for you in particular? Well, so so we just signed up and we just started going. Um, and what have you gone to? You went to business before hours. But, uh, we only went to business before hours. Of course, the CEO insights. Um, and we, and then we, uh, of course, the thing I think there was one tomorrow for the after hours or something like that. Um, I, you know. So your question is what has been like a value yeah, I from I was just wondering if you had been to enough events to, for you to kind of gauge as to what's like providing you in particular the most value. I don't I don't think we we haven't had the opportunity to go to a lot of events, but like I said, the sorry, the um the ones that we've been to like I said the before hours, I think that was pretty helpful somewhat, right? So, you know, you, you meet a lot of people it's not enough time to establish those relationships. Now, I know that's not the concept, right? You're supposed to kind of take some of that stuff and go back. But I think sometimes there's a culture of, it's like, what can you get for that second? What can you give me? And then we go off and nothing's kind of continuing. So I think if there was a different type of format, which you could actually spend a little bit more time, and maybe that's the after hours that haven't been, then it would be a little bit more um, valuable. I'm not going to mm-hmm. say it's not worth it because I think it's definitely valuable, especially for new businesses and all that stuff. But I, there's not enough time to learn about a specific business to really, sh- you know, show them what you're about. Yeah, it's supposed right? to be like a speed dating kind. Right. Is well, that, yeah, that's the kind. Con- that's yeah, like exactly, the concept yeah.
0: of that particular. Yeah. I mean, if you go to like a chamber after hours, it's more just like networking.
1: Yeah, and- I was going to say yeah. So I think, but not only that, but I think the the re- relationships that are built through the chamber, and also to be honest with you, I hit up a couple people from the, on the podcast. So Rachel, what? Uh, walk. walk, walk Waka, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she, City Auto. yeah, City Auto. So she did my car, my mom's car from the podcast. Uh, the T Shop did her t shirts when we first, yeah. So it's been, I'm expecting percentages of checks yeah. to start <laughs> coming in, you know, just like all exactly. these royalties yeah. to start rolling. So in. you know, it's not even just doing uh, <laughs> not doing a ton of research, it's just saying, you know, I mean, they're on here give them business, they're local, they trust, and we just kind of go with it. And so, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I think so. I think that's important too. So not even from the Chamber standpoint, but even from the podcast, leveraging some of those and, and just say, hey, new business here, heard you on the podcast, great. And you start talking, stuff like that, so. That's awesome. That's Dude, really that's, cool. that's so
0: cool. It <laughs> yeah. gets me so juiced and just amped up, man. I'm
1: like excited. So, uh, this is also, episode
0: 101, man. We're like yeah. we're I mean, it, it, in the it, hundreds also now. Also for is crazy. New, new
1: business folks, I mean, it saves a lot of time. Now, I guess you can go shopping around and do all that stuff. But how much time does that take? So, we're like, yeah, they are in the chamber. They've been in the podcast. Just, you know, just throw them a bone. Let's see what if, if it's a bad experience. Don't have to go to them again. Whatever it is, you know. Um, but you know, there's there's some value there. So someone finds value in them. So let's you know give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's a bad experience, you just email Colin and be like, Why did yeah. you get to
0: this person? <laughs> You're like, what's
1: up? Is <laughs> so that person on the
2: show? No. <laughs>
0: Um I'm mean, gonna have to wrap up in a minute, yeah. but uh what would you say so when you came back to Gainesville, what was like the biggest whoa there's moment? so many more scooters <laughs> yeah, like what was it? <laughs> What was the thing that was like, dang, this is—I can't believe this is how much has changed. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Good. Uh, yeah, bad I think the
1: the, both. the the worst part was uh, the, the traffic on Archer and all that stuff. Like that didn't exist even just a couple of years ago, per se. Well, I guess before the development and like that. That's always existed. So man. I mean, Archer we, Road we, traffic. Well, yeah. Well, compared to like DC traffic, right? Okay. So going ten miles. It would take you like more than an hour. So I mean, it's like. Eh. Um, So it's definitely, I think, just the the growth of all that because I guess it's not really a good thing per se. But Well, it's a good thing in terms of the area, but if you're kind of going through the area, it sucks, right? Um, But I think the, the biggest thing is like I said, I guess for my well, my uh, my friend who was a did a fundraiser at UF, just saying they you know, kind of trying to grow gains into like a mid-sized city, right? And to, to where, like I said, you retain some of the 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 uh, the students, you know, from the the graduating students stuff like that. So to me, kind of seeing that growth uh, was very, it was good to see. It was good to see that there's stuff that's going up. Maybe it's not as fast as something like in DC and all that stuff, but if we can like I said, kind of come in and kind of grow with that, then you know that would be awesome a great opportunity. So I think. For us, that was the biggest thing. Uh, but even kind of going with what you were mentioning, the, the biggest woe, um, kind of segue to it. Even before all that stuff, whenever you guys did in the beginning the, um, what do you like about Gainesville stuff? That kind of I started thinking more, not totally sold, but I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like when they're talking about it, you know, because because as you mentioned, and you mentioned this on the podcast, that you know the the folks that are on here only see it from the student side, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to get out of Gainesville. We couldn't wait to get out of Gainesville because we never left campus, right? So grad school, you just go. You're so busy. You go to class, you go home, go to class, go home, and then after torturous years, you're like, I'm ready to go. So we moved to Dallas, right? But then you start to see that all the other stuff around here that it's it's not necessarily a bad place, you know. It's just never giving the opportunity. So I think that's part of like when I heard those those stories early on, and I was like, oh, you know, I put that in a little in a little book so I can okay. kind of factor that in as something else and factor this in. So, um, but yeah, hopefully, it kind of answers your question. But that yeah. was kind of like I mean, it, yeah. it a- kind of answers like the questions that we would like to typically end with. I mean, yeah. we get into like
0: what what would you like to see happening in Gainesville. You know, where is Gainesville missing its potential? We've asked those questions a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. And even something like that, you know, we we so it's funny. So we saw all the developments like going towards Archer and Newberry, mm-hmm. stuff like that, like all the housing developments, I mean. But one thing I never fully understood was why are they building so many houses when at least I don't see the businesses, like the jobs yet. Now, I wasn't fully into it, right? So I don't know what else is going on. Like so when outside looking in, it's like they're building for something. I just don't know what, right? So you may know something because you're really knee-deep and you guys are in the business aspect. But I'm like, why are these, they're building something. They did the research. So something's coming. I just don't know what. So that was part of another reason why that, okay, well, you know, like you don't just put a public somewhere. Like they did the research like 20 years (laughs) earlier. And they're going to put it where there's going to be some sort of growth. So I saw all these houses. I'm like, okay, so maybe there's something growing here, but I don't see it yet, right? Some other businesses or buildings or something to house businesses in. Um, so that's kind of another, uh, like I said, did not answer your question, but that's what I would kind of like to see is that not only the growth that's happening there, but I would love to see what exactly, who's going to fill those houses and like from what jobs, like what exactly is happening? Because then that as an entrepreneur, I would like to see that helps me understand the kind of the landscape of things, right? Than seeing a bunch of houses and maybe outside looking in, you don't see the the buildings or the jobs or whatever it may be. So why? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But something's there, right? So which is why they're building. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so at least. <laughs>
0: everybody, hang on. There you go. Gainesville is. I mean, it, it's just super cool to just see a lot of the discussions that have been happening, to see a lot of the growth and yeah. I mean. I don't know. I just get excited thinking about the next five, ten years. You
1: know? Yeah, I was gonna say, like I said, there's something going on. You know, we just like I personally don't know about it, but I'm sure someone does. And so, like I said, they don't they don't build things just because they need to unload those things. <laughs> For sure.
0: So, where can our audience? Connect with you. Where can they find your business, like website?
1: Oh, so we're actually located. Our physical address is located near Ward, so it's actually across from the Greyhound. There's like a little strip back there. Um, And as far as our website, it's womensliftlab.com. We have an Instagram as well. It's womens underscore lift underscore lab. And then uh, my personal Instagram is uh, doctor underscore health underscore ed ed. Doctor Health Ed for health education. So gonna be there um, on Friday, man. Yeah, I'm gonna be be (laughs) there. I saw your questions.
0: Right. <laughs> Answer all those questions.
1: There you <laughs> go. Extract
0: that value from them for free. For, for free while you can, right? <laughs> on
2: right, On Insta stories. Before I, before I put it on YouTube. Yeah, that's though. what's going to happen. Colin's going to build you out a YouTube <laughs> channel. It's, it's going to happen.
0: And, uh, so. and, I mean, you work this business with your wife, mm, yep, Michelle, yep. who's here. She, <laughs> uh, she uh, did not really want to be on the
1: show. Yeah, tonight. she's not much of a talker. <laughs> so,
0: but we just wanted to give her a match out because you're a huge piece of this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Huge piece of yeah. She's <laughs> actually a, a large piece of the idea to go with women, to be honest. I didn't necessarily tell that full story, so I worked with women, but initially it was just gonna be called the Lift Lab. Anybody, right? Anybody with a chronic health, metabolic condition can come, men, women. And she really kind of pushed in that direction that maybe you should focus on women because <laughs> they had that struggle, and I started to think about it more, and I was like... The niche market and all that stuff, but kind of buying into those biases. Like they don't get attention. I was like, no, let's just do it. Let's just do it. I think yeah. you're right. It may be hard to kind of get off and try to convince, but even with our on, on site, on, I mean, online presence, I mean, we have people signing up for the virtual training and people going through them like, oh, there is a need out there. People, they just didn't have that voice and that, that support. So now when you give it to them, it's like, oh, okay. So they do exist. <laughs> so maybe it's feasible, right? So yeah, yeah. but she's a big part, part of that as far as going in that direction. So,
0: well, you know, tons of you know success to you guys i wish you guys the very best yeah i appreciate it yeah yeah um i look forward to seeing like the growth and everything that happens i'm super glad that your business is here in gainesville baby there you go yeah congrats <laughs> to both of you guys and uh you know thanks for being here man
1: no i appreciate awesome. the invite thank you so much appreciate it
0: uh podcast fam look like we need you guys to go leave us a review on itunes is that how you left us a review yet yeah yeah, 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 uh, yeah. you yeah. have good Mike, mm-hmm. well, i'm proud of you michelle have you? great for the phone review? yeah no. Michelle's gonna go right after this and leave this review <laughs> uh, on iTunes or wherever you guys listen you know hey and connect with me personally at Colin uh, my first name has 2L-C-O-L-L-I-N Austin.com and uh, and then you can find the social media platforms connect with me everywhere because what I want I want you to message me and let me know what you want to see more of you know message Mike too at Michael Brian D's on, on Instagram, Instagram. are yeah. you gonna answer your DMs yeah he promised I, I started
2: doing better at that <laughs> have you
0: yeah alright um, yeah. I've been getting on and like Dude, you got to answer your DMs, man. Like, get in there.
2: So I saw some things I wasn't really sure I wanted to see, but you know, now I cleaned them all out. And we're good. We're good.
0: Uh, but yeah, you know, let us let us know what you like. What, let us know what you want to see more of. I'm super curious on the mastermind stuff. Sure. I'd love to know the topics that you guys want us to focus on when it comes to that, um, because we just kind of like committed ourselves to doing that every 10 episodes. And um, you know, or and if you don't want to message us on our personal platforms, then you can always message the podcast at whoagnv. Uh, I'm in there all the time answering those too so you guys thank you so much for listening we appreciate you guys mike thanks again to you guys for being here and this is the whoa gnv podcast the (laughs) podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go whoa. whoa we will see you later